So hello and welcome everybody to our second episode of this new podcast series about looking at Bible stories in unusual or perhaps unexpected ways. With me today is Etty Chani. Welcome, Etty. Good afternoon, Andre. So what would you like to talk about today? I would like to talk about Egypt as a concept. Okay, so... Um, Egypt, we already established this last week or last time that um, this the way we are looking at the Bible in this series is not in a geographical or historical way. This is true. So what what is really meant when we speak about Egypt in this concept? And perhaps you could tell us the name in the Hebrew root language and what that actually means. Egypt, in Hebrew, we say Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim comes from Tsar. Tsar is narrow. Mitzrayim is a double narrowness. Like whenever there's the ending, Aim in Hebrew, it means a double, right? Yes, it is true. So we have other words in Hebrew. I know from my studies, like uh, mayim, water, is always two, meaning plural, or shamayim, heavens. It's true. Also, so, yeah. yes. also mishkafayim, glasses. Also. So this always refers to a doubleness. Yes, it's mm -hmm. true. So then the the concept of, of Egypt in this way, looking at the letters, would refer to... Uh, Double narrowness? Yes. yes. Could you explain that a bit more, perhaps? It is a deep concept, and I hope that people would like uh, to, to hear about this. Um, we say that if person look uh, in a good eye, of 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 an object or something we say he's an optimistic person he sees things with a with a positive eye to be a pessimistic meaning it is he sees things in a narrow eye mm -hmm. so also regarding the heart when somebody loves he has a wide heart, heart. He loves things, he loves people. And when he doesn't like or when he hates, he has a narrow heart because he does not expand his heart for love. So when we say Mitzrayim, is double narrowness, a narrowness or narrow uh, looking at things looking at things in a narrow way, not in a broad way, meaning in what way it could benefit me, not the other. Mm -hmm. Also regarding the heart. So what, you, what you're saying actually is that in this way, we're not talking about uh, Egypt as a, as a place, but as Mitzrayim, as a place inside of a person it is true yes 
So that's that's very interesting already. I think if we uh, look at all the the different areas where Mitzrayim or Egypt is mentioned in the Bible. It's true. So whenever someone goes to Egypt, they're not um, being tourists. No, they don't go to travel with, with an airplane to see the pyramids, no. <laughs> they they going down in, in a way, a person goes down in himself. To a restricted kind of narrow-mindedness, perhaps. Yes. Could we say that? Yeah, yes, it's true. Okay. And uh, the, the doubleness, I'm still not sure I fully understand that. Um, well, okay, narrow, but, but why is it double narrow? Because in, um, in a human, let's say, figure, we have the head, mm -hmm. and the eyes are located in the head, and we have the body of a person, and inside of the body itself there's the heart, so the the double narrowness in a way engaged two narrow ways together in a in a sense of duality perhaps yes yes in a uh, in a world in a world of opposites yes that mitzrayim maybe is the the narrow mindedness that that comes from looking at everything just in a sense of good and bad or... Or self-interest, basically. Or self-interest, yeah. Yes. What is not... Uh, it's, it's If it's not what I want, so so it's bad. If it's not what I want to see, so so it's bad. This is a, a narrow eye. Mm -hmm. If it's not related to me, whether it's something that I see or something that I feel, because the feeling, all the feelings are connected to the heart. Yes. And sometimes I, uh, I don't feel like something. I, I don't feel comfortable, so it's, it's a sign okay. for one person if he wants to look inside of himself or herself at situations. So. Mm -hmm. so, so as we all know, um, to, to open this up now a bit, the... Uh, the tribes of Israel were imprisoned in this place, in, in Egypt, right? Yes, before they were imprisoned, they were just going, were just, in brackets, going there for, because there was a famine in, in the land of Canaan. The land of, uh, yes. Yes, this is the previous name. Uh, mm -hmm. before it was called the land of Israel. It was called the land of Canaan, and yes. there was a famine there. Yes. So, and all of the people had to go to Egypt. Yes. So, and maybe also there we just have to slow down for a second and, and ask ourselves, what does it mean that um, there's a famine and that they go to, that they go down to Egypt. Yes. 
a famine uh, in Hebrew we say ra'av ra'av and usually those situations are are meant for a spiritual hunger spiritual hunger meaning a lack of relation between man and god you could say perhaps a, a, a sense of meaninglessness also right? yes emptiness meaningless also in this matter we have another uh, in a way another idea that the the person that was connected uh, or had a meaning uh, with his dreams those uh, sons of Jacob they sold the brothers you are talking about Joseph yes yes one of the first perhaps one of the first famous journeys to Egypt yes yes we can say even the second because first in the times of Abraham also they he went with Sarah his wife to Egypt because of famine in the country uh-huh, and this so, is the second time yes so there's really a pattern of when there's a a sense of meaninglessness that the, the going to Egypt happens yes. those things are connected always yes so what would that mean really uh, for if we look at it again in an internal sense that when a person um thinks nothing makes any sense or everything is just just random perhaps what does it mean then that he goes down to to this narrowness he goes more i mean deeper in in a material aspect is like sink, sinking like a mm-hmm. boat like a boat he's sinking in the uh in his dimension of the matter Yes. Yes. But everything is for the best, so there is a reason why uh, And why what is the reason? Um according to to the sages, the first man meaning Adam, he um ate from the tree of knowledge. though he had uh, an instruction not to eat right and when he ate he just he was he just broke from too much knowledge he, that he could not digest the divine knowledge so he 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 became broken he, and those sparks of broke broken parts in him fell into Egypt into the material world mm-hmm. and every one of us when he goes to Egypt he goes there to bring this spark of the first man of Adam Harishon and to ascend this spark with to, him to pick up the pieces to, to pick up the yes and to bring them together into one whole holiness completeness okay so 
there's a there's this whole story of um, being being locked in in Egypt, and uh, if if we now say that that what this actually means that uh, the sons of Israel are are trapped in in Egypt and they're working there as slaves, according to to what we say, this would mean it's like like we are all just slaves to our own perceptions, to our own narrow-mindedness. It's true. Just one little correction. The sons of Israel in their lives were not, as long as Joseph was living with them in Egypt, they were protected because he was like secondary to the king. So in their lives, there was not yet slavery. Mm -hmm. But when Joseph died and the Pharaoh who knew Joseph died, comes a new era and their children are starting a period of slavery. Exactly, yes. I was referring to the uh, period which then led to the exodus in yes, the story. Yes, yes, it's true. Yes. So I was I was trying to, to transfer this to our daily experience, what, what that might mean. Yes, that, that we perhaps only run around uh, after our own opinion or about other people's opinion constantly enslaved uh, by our own self-interest, perhaps worrying about things uh, which might not be that important in the end. This is true. It's sad, <laughs> but is it, this is true. We, we are being educated since the, the, the first beginning of what we need to achieve, that we should go to university and get a higher education, that we could get a good profession and a stable income and so on. But in a sense, that's all in Egypt. Even if we become very rich or very poor, we're still locked in. You know, we're still locked in the six. Uh, uh, how do you say in the six? The, six-day dimension, like when we have a dice, the dice has six sides, yes. which is a, a symbol of the material world, which is locked in this dice. So whatever we do, we're still locked in this, this dice that have uh, six uh, faces or edges. Okay, because for many of us, we might think if I just only win the lottery or become super famous, then that's like a way way out of my of my own kind of feeling discontent or but in a sense you say this is all still regarding Mitzrayim yes so but what what is it then um, this whole story about the plagues and the trying to get out of Egypt what what does that really describe As we said, uh, we mentioned before, this first spark uh, of Adam Arishon fell into Egypt, they are locked in the material. And we know that, that uh, a lot of wisdom is locked in the material. So those ten plagues are, are coming to say, to, to minimize the control of the material upon man. It's like six, not six, uh, but ten uh, um, bites yes. on, on the wisdom. 
Okay. And and when we narrow the the wisdom, we make ourselves a bit little, not just wise, but also good-hearted. Then we can go with grace mm -hmm. out of Egypt. That's something that we we started talking about. I think last time already a bit that there's a difference between the the knowledge or or the heart. Yeah? Yes, there, there is a difference. There is a difference. Uh, there, there is a wisdom. But if the we cannot dress the wisdom with grace deeds, the wisdom, not just that it does not have any values, any value, the wisdom can destroy. It's like a fire that goes from and continues and continues and just burns everything on the way. We see this perhaps also in academia, um, or what we say in German, Fachidioten, meaning that, that people, they become experts so much in, in a detailed branch of knowledge that nobody can speak to them anymore. Nobody can uh, follow them, they yes. cannot, they cannot uh, dialogue anymore. Uh, and there's even a sense of aggression that if you come and suggest something, they will say no. And... Because they're very far away. They went far. I mean, it doesn't, um, if people go far, I mean, and they not, don't manage to communicate anymore, so what does it mean? It has no value. The most important thing is to keep in contact in spite of everything that happens to one, one's person mm -hmm. in his life. This is grace. So to come back again um, about the plagues that you said, they come, if I translate this perhaps as a wake-up call? Yes, it's so, an alarm clock yeah. <laughs> every three weeks, another plague and another plague until they understand. I think a crucial part there in this story is uh, the, the matter of Pharaoh, right? Because uh, if I remember this correctly, Moses came and asked Pharaoh, Yes. Uh, please let my people go. Yes. And he refused. And then came the plagues. And yes. So, so what is this Pharaoh? Because it seems it's a, an important station or uh, instance that, that blocks something. Yes. Pharaoh in Hebrew, Zeotiot, Pera, how do you say, bad mouth from one side when people mm -hmm. speak bad about everything they find they find defaults in everything and everything is not right and not correct and not fair this is to speak a bad town about how how things are coming from the upper another aspect of pharaoh is um is a reveal pharaoh in each and every one of us wants to 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 know wants to that everything will be revealed to him everything will be defined and determined and this is pharaoh he doesn't want to to accept any fog any tomorrow any uncertainties he wants to that god will reveal to him now okay. and and he, the Pharaoh thinks, uh, the Pharaoh inside of us wants that everything will be revealed. 
And and this is this is how he perceived. I want to see, I want to touch, I want to feel. And Moses comes and says the opposite. We have to believe. Though we don't see or feel, in spite of all of this, we have to believe. Okay, so there's again this uh, this struggle between the knowing and the believing. Yes. Or the, like you said before, the grace perhaps and uh, knowledge, yes. certainty. Yes, definitely. So, but um, if we put put this together, um, then this would mean if if Pharaoh is that in us which says, "I want everything to make sense immediately now, and I don't want any certainty, and everything should reveal itself in its entirety now." Yes. If if this if this is Pharaoh, and this is the reason why there can't be a going out. This seems a bit paradox, no? That our wanting to understand leads us to a kind of imprisonment. Yes, all the time. Constantly, every second. It's it's a, a constant struggle inside of us every second. If, if we are... Uh, um, honest enough to admit if we see this and inside of us and if we are honest enough to admit we shall see this it happens perhaps even unconsciously if, yes if we if we look at these things uh, all these all these figures or or movements are are happening in a kind of way that we we are not aware of this perhaps it's very simple you can look at it it is a time schedule of a bus we want to know that this bus from this city to this city in this station will come at 8.02. Right. There is a certainty. We stand there. We accept. We expect the bus to come. And if the bus does not come, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> People yeah. get very angry. Yeah? yeah, we don't believe that there will be another bus or there's a snow or something happened or there might be a good reason or a traffic jam. It's a very little thing, but all our lives are, are built on this certainty. So to ask a, perhaps a difficult question, if, if the whole problem for us not getting out of this narrow-mindedness is, is our uh, eagerness or our impatience to, to get everything right now, then, then what is really what is what is the way out? Or in, if we look at the story, um, you know what to break this pattern of six, the six faces of the the dice. This is what what the first thing that Moses asked Pharaoh is to give the slaves of Egypt a day of rest. He says, mm -hmm. the seventh day, if you want those slaves, to, I understand you need slaves around you. I understand you want to build great cities because he's still yet a, a prince. Uh, but he says, please give those slaves. If you want them to give you a good job and build you beautiful cities, you have to give them a, at least a one day for resting. And he asked Pharaoh to give the slaves a seventh day where they could rest when yes. in this so 
in a way, where whenever we run in those situations inside of us that we want certainty, we have to pull back and say, now this is the seventh moment or the seven days in me. Be'ivrit, it is called Yom HaShavii, the seventh days. Shabihi, which is the soul in me, which is asking to rest, to pull off of this material and happening and certainties. And then I can see things more clearly, that I locked in the material and I act under the laws of materials. And if I pull back, I can see that I'm under this Egypt. Mm -hmm. By suspending the self-interest, so to speak, for yes. a moment. Yes. A few days ago, a friend told me that uh, she saw a book, and the book cost, it's a very rare book, it costs like 200 euros. And she said, what is in this book that costs 200 euros? And I said to her, listen, if you want to see the book, you have to take the the price of the book out of the equation, like there is no money engaged in it. And now open the book and read it and estimate what's, what's inside, what you feel for it. And then if you want to put the money again and to think if you want to pay for it, it's okay, pay how much you want. But you have to take the material aspect out to see things clearly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we have distorted glasses all the time. That we are looking through the world in these uh, Mitzrayim glasses. Yes, it's like like six, like you take the, the lens and you divide it into six. And this is what you see all the time. I'm not sure, but don't have insects uh, these hexagonal eyes? It seems that they, yeah. <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly not round, right? But it's no way. Kind of like yes, a, yes. Squarey way. Yeah, yeah. Also, the house of the bee. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, how do you say? Kaveret in Hebrew, where the bees are staying. It is yes, the yes. structure of six. Mm -hmm. And they work day and night. They don't rest. Oh, really? No. Oh, that's interesting. Also, the ants. They never rest, they never sleep. Solomon says, uh, go, uh, go to the ant lazy and see her ways and be wise. Mm -hmm. As this is the, I don't want to be cruel, but <laughs> this is the way of insects. Yes. But, yes. but we are human beings. Okay. As we mentioned in the other episode that the man was created, Adam, human was created in the six days he is the crown of creation so he contains in him every development a stone a, a plant a, a green plant. a plant yeah. uh an animal but before insects and birds and and kettles and everything and even um an eagle inside of him but we can see through this uh slavery in egypt that it doesn't matter even when, when a person dies while building a city to Pharaoh because they exchange him with another slave. So it's, a, it's in a way a sense of saying, I want what I want and I will, I will walk over corpses to get what I want. Yes, it's the same story. I mean, it's a, it's, 
it's a parallel story of the Babylon Tower that the the people who built this tower they were more concerned about a brick that fell from their hands than a person who fell from the constructions and died. They had care more for a brick mm-hmm. that was made by their own hand that was put in a fire than if a person just fell. And died and lost his life. They had more concern for a brick than for a person. So, but when when Moses comes to Pharaoh and asks him about this uh, seventh day of rest, and again, this is not a matter of uh, a union and worker contracts being negotiated, but but something inner. Um, what is the reply of Pharaoh? He gives them he gives them uh, one day to rest. He even Pharaoh gives them one day to to rest in Egypt. And this is the beginning. Exactly. I wanted to say this this is not the end of the matter. This is only the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um I think you you wanted you mentioned to me earlier that uh, there was a story that uh, you wanted to tell in relation to the one of the plagues Yes the first plague is the the plague of blood meaning in Hebrew dam makat dam when the water of the Nile uh, became blood And the consequence of this was that all the fish inside of the water, they, they died. And the, the book of Zohar says interesting commentary about this. The book of Zohar says the ga, fish, is com- comes from their ga, war, worries. Mm-hmm. And he says that... Israel and Egypt, they ate live fish, and the Egyptian in Egypt ate dead fish. And this is just a, a commentary which want to present a higher idea. Yes. That, yes, that the worry of Israel, what is a fish? A fish means um, a source of life. For, for a person. So if a person eats a live fish, meaning he wants to be in contact with the higher, this is Israel, the sense of Israel in me. In each and every one of us, there is an Israel locked in the material. And people who are locked in the material, like the Egyptians, their worries are dead fish, meaning that what they eat... And what they think of is like about physical matters. This is why they eat uh, dead fish that died as a consequence from the blood plague mm-hmm. on the Nile. So the word again for fish in Hebrew and worry is almost the same. Yes. Fish in Hebrew is the gah. And worry uh, in Hebrew is deaga. We just add the letter Aleph inside. But the, the Israel in Egypt, they ate live fish, meaning their concern was the higher, the belief. You said Israel in Egypt. 
Yes. Meaning uh, the slaves or those yes. that were already locked. Yes. 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 So, so what does that mean uh, to? Could we translate this? Perhaps I try to simplify it a bit to say um, that although I feel limited or I don't really understand everything, I put my worry not in uh, things like a bank account or getting a new position at a job, but I worry about higher things, perhaps. Yes, yes. Yes, to help people, um, to read uh, um, inner texts, to, to, to be engaged with grace. This is my, how, how, I, how can I benefit? This is my worry every day. How can I uh, do, do something good, benefit, mm -hmm. do grace for somebody or to a community? How can I think uh, a good thought of somebody or a community? This is my worry. Right. Whereas the dead fish would be just, how can I get my next job or how can I get uh, more my, money? Or... or my next lunch in, in the next <laughs> uh, uh, restaurant or my next vacation and this and this airplane and this and this service in the airplane. Yes. So in a sense, these things, they, they happen anyway. There's no not much use to, to worry about. Yes. This is a law of the material, so... It happens anyway. So the person would do better perhaps not to worry about these things at all. Yes, because it's the machine in us that works all the time. We should not worry about the machine. Right, the machine follows a certain logic. Yes, and rules. This is this is the it comes built in, in us. But we in a way like the, the Greek saying, if I may say the Greek saying, Deus ex machina. We have to take the God in us, the, the belief in us outside of this machine. Okay, the machine works. Mm -hmm. I don't need to interfere with this machine. She knows how to work. It knows how to work. What, you know, I don't have to interfere. It's a very great machine. Not I build it, so it must be great. What is left for me is to worry for the good things. And those are perhaps also, again, the things which are not always so clear. Yes. That people people perhaps think ah uh, my bank account this is something which I can grasp in my in my mind it it seems very clear cut to me and this is why I should worry about it why many people say why would I want to worry about like those things the Bible stories and and like what will be after my death or why was I born people tend to say ah, this uh, it's all too uncertain. It's true. But what you are saying is, is actually the opposite. Also true. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So it, it is often said that we live in times of great uncertainty. So perhaps that's not such a bad thing after all. It's not. If, if people would know that, I would not say no, maybe they can believe to this, that when, when a baby is in his mother's womb, a fetus, he has a placenta to feed him and to, to give him whatever he needs. And when he goes out, still this, the, 
though the placenta goes with the baby outside of the womb, still there is a, uh, a spiritual world around him that um, escort him all his life long on this planet. So he should not be worried about everything. He was not worried to be born, let's say. Is it true? We did not worry, uh, you and I uh, or others, we did not have a worry regarding our birth. We just came here. Right. So why should we worry about our being here? Or our living here. Or our living here. It's the same. I think that these are beautiful words to conclude this episode for today. And I hope that our readers, uh, our listeners in this case, <laughs> found this found this interesting, this conversation. Um, I want to remind everyone also that uh, the first episode and other articles and stories about these things we're talking here can be found on hebrew.learnoutlife.com. And... Yeah, we are always looking forward to any comments or questions you might have. And we're looking forward to the next episode. Thank you very much, Etty. Thank you very much and happy, beautiful week. Mm -hmm.